Okay. This week's parsha, it's actually two parshas, is Achrimois Kedoshim. Kedoshim, parsha's Kedoshim itself is a relatively short parsha, but there are many, many, many mitzvahs in the Torah that are written in parsha's Kedoshim. Achrimois has a lot of important uh, halachas and laws as well, um, as well as addressing the death of the two sons of Aaron Hakoyim. I was thinking tonight to do something a little bit different than usual. Um, so we'll start with that. And then Bez Hashem, um, towards, you know, when we finish this, we'll go back to the regular scheduled programming of some gleanings from within the parsha. And what I'd like to do is actually, there was a famous Rosh Hashiva in Europe by the name of Rav Shimon Shkup. Shimon Shkup, he actually passed away in the year 1940. He was not killed by the Germans. He happened to pass away in 1940. Um, in fact, 1940 was a very tragic year from the Torah community in Europe, particularly Reb Chaim Gajinsky, who was the great Rav of Vilna, passed away in 1940. Um, around there, Reb Baruch Berlibowitz, who was a Shiva of Kamenetz, passed away in 1940, and Reb Shimon also passed away, and it was a foreboding of this is a, a hard time coming that Hashem is, so to speak, taking them out so they don't have to witness the unspeakable tragedies which occurred. That was what now we don't know that, but that was what was said, and that's what people say. So Rabbi Shimon Shkab was the Rajashiva in Gorodno. Before that, actually, he was in Tells. I don't know if our local Tellsers know that, but I believe he was a Magadshir in Tells. In Europe, before he opened the yeshiva, or before he became the Rosh Hashiva in Gorodno. Rav Shimon Shkup has numerous svarim, which are learned throughout the Torah yeshiva world. There's one particular one that's called Share Yosher, which discusses more concepts and Talmudic concepts, but in depth. And it's a, it's a, it's a must-have for every yeshiva. And in the introduction to this sefer, he writes a foundational idea, which is oft quoted at Sheva Brachis when you're talking about a chasen or kala. In fact, I, I almost said this at my sister-in-law's Sheva Brachis, but someone from the other side beat me to it and said it over. So I just said that, you know, <laughs> I, uh, Baruch Hashem. Anyway, so it's something which is a, is a famous piece, but... We're going to try to go through it step by step instead of just passing by the idea that he's and the foundation which he is setting forth. So let us go like this. And this, this Rip Shivin Shkub, actually, before we even discuss what he says and the questions that he addresses regarding relating to Parshas Kedoshim, there's a famous story that they say about him that there were some Bacharim who were going on an Erev Shabbos to an old, uh, to a, 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 you know, a nursing facility, a Moshav Zakenim, as they call it in Erev Yisrael. And they were visiting with the residents to wish them a good Shabbos and to schmooze with them. And there was one elderly fellow there who they heard, he learned Barab Shimon. He learned Barab Shimon Shkops Yeshiva. And that's a very, 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 uh, you know what I mean? That's great on the resume, especially when it's a exotic thing. So these Bachrim were going around, and when they got to this person, 
They said to him, you know, we heard that you love Rav Shimon. He said, yeah, we, I love Rav Shimon and grew up in the, ah, Shimon, he was a prince. He was a prince. He looked so prestigious. He had such a hadras upon him with a glow on his face. So they said to him, could you share something of a special Torah thought that you heard from him and you learned from him? He said, I'll tell you the truth. I was a young bacher at the time. And then the Holocaust you know, broke out in World War II and this and that. I don't really remember anything that Reb Shimon taught me. But I do remember one thing that happened with me. I wanted to come to the yeshivas of Grodna and I took a couple trains to get there. It's a long journey. And I had prepared for my entrance exam with the great Reb Shimon Shkop. I prepared the Gemara, the Talmud that I was learning. I was so excited. I couldn't even wait till the next day. So I come to Rav Shimon Shkop's house and I knock on the door. Rav Shimon brings me inside and I, he says, yes, can I help you? I said, I'm, my name is so-and-so. I come from this town. I just got in town. I'd like to take a faher. I'd like to take the entrance exam to get into the yeshiva. And Rav Shimon says, okay, I have two questions. And I was like, oh boy, two questions? I didn't even tell him what I'm learning. Who knows? Rav Shimon says to me, do you have a bed to sleep in tonight? That's question number one. So I told him what I said. Okay, question number two is going to be the one that's going to be like, wow, what's the pshad and what? How do you understand this, Kamara? Then Shimon says, my second question is, when was the last time you had a good meal? That is what I remember from Shimon Shkop. And keeping that story in mind, the Torah knowledge and the genius of him was amazing. Keep that story in mind when we learn this, that Shimon writes in his introduction to the Sefer, and everything will fit perfectly. You'll understand how... We have such a Reb Shimon. Here's the question. Reb Shimon begins, <clears throat> and he says like this. In the Parsha, in Parsha's Kedoshim, it says, Kedoshim tiyu. I'm, I'm sorry. Hashem spoke to the Jewish people saying, I'm sorry, Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, Daber el kol adas b'nei Yisrael. Speak to the entirety of the congregation of Israel. He doesn't say, Daber al Bnei Yisrael, speak to the Jewish people. He says, Daber. He doesn't even say, Daber al Adas Bnei Yisrael, speak to the nation of the Jewish people. He says, Daber, speak. El call to the entire nation of Bnei Yisrael. Speak to the entirety. This is something. What I'm about to tell you, says Hashem, what I'm going to tell you right now, this applies to each and every Jew. It applies to the one who's the biggest rabbi. It applies to the one who doesn't even know anything. It applies to all of us. We all are part of this mitzvah. What is this mitzvah? Kedoshim tihiyu. You shall be holy. Ki ani Hashem For I, Hashem, your God, am holy. That is what the Pasuk says. Be holy. Now, what does it mean, be holy? Rav Shimon Shkop brings down a medrash. The medrash says like this. It says, Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy. 
Says the Medrash, Yochel, you may have thought, Komoini, that you should be, the commandment that we have to be holy is that we should be holy like Hashem is holy. Yochel Komoini, you may have thought that just like I, Hashem, am holy, that's how you should be holy. Talmud Leimar, the Pasuk teaches us at the end of this Pasuk, Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem For I, Hashem, your God, am holy, meaning my holiness is above yours. Never think that you're going to be able to be holy like me. That's not what the mitzvah is. Again, be holy, but don't be holy like me. That's what the Pasuk says. Kadoshim Tio, be holy, but don't be holy like me. Now, what does it mean to be holy? What is it? What does the word even mean? So there's a different opinions amongst the early commentators. The Ramban, Nachmanides, says in his commentary in the Torah that what it means is that we should separate. We should separate and be somewhat, we should, we should abstain from certain pleasures. Abstain from that which is, you know, uh, abstain from the uh, uh, overindulging in things that are permissible to eat. Meaning, he says like this, there are some things in the Torah that are forbidden. And there are many things that are permissible. Even in those things that are permissible, don't overindulge. Moreover, he says, that based on how the Torah puts the laws of the different things that we do, different things that are permissible, different things that are prohibited, it's possible for a person to become a novel birshus hatayro. What does it mean, a novel birshus hatayro? It means a low life. A novel is like a a, 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 a low life or a lowly person birshus hatayro with permission from the Torah. Meaning to say, the Torah says we're allowed to do we're allowed to do a lot of permissible things, and I could basically. You know, the Torah take, gives me a finger and I can take a hand. I could go and say that I'm going to live a certain lifestyle 100% within the confines of the Torah and its halacha, but I could still be someone who is overindulging and living a depraved kind of life, but I'm keeping the Torah. So the Ramban is saying that when the Torah says be holy, it's telling us be holy Abstain from that which is not necessary. So now the Ramban says like this. Now, I'm sorry, now Rabbi Shimon Shkup says like this. How is it possible? What is the Pshat of the Medrash? The Medrash says, Kedoshim you should be holy. Yochel Kamayni, you might have thought that you should be holy like me. How can we even think that we're going to be holy like Hashem? What does that mean, we're going to be holy like Hashem? Hashem is the epitome of holiness. Is it even possible for a human being to think that we're supposed to be as holy and kadosh as Hashem? That's impossible. Moreover, what does it mean that Hashem says, no, you don't have to be holy like me because my holiness is higher than yours? It's not the pshat that Hashem's holiness is higher than ours. It's the, the Hashem's holiness is a whole different reality than our holiness. We're human beings with human uh, 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 characteristics and and um, 
you know, challenges. We're human beings with all the trappings of it. We are not inherently holy. So by saying that Hashem is holier than us, Hashem says, no, my holiness is greater than yours. It's not just greater. It's on a different plane. It's a different number system. It's a different way of counting holiness. So what does it mean that we are, that Hashem says, that's the two questions. Number one, how could we even think to be as holy as Hashem? And number two, what does it mean that Hashem says, my holiness is greater than yours? It's not just that it's greater. It's in a whole different, um, uh, it's a whole different system. It's a whole different metric system. So says of Shiv like this. This mitzvah of being holy, of Kedoshim T, of being holy, actually is the foundational idea and the purpose of our lives. <clears throat> How so? Kedoshim T, you be holy, is actually telling us that our lives should be dedicated for other people. Kedoshim to you, be holy, means, and he's going to explain in a minute how you see this, means live not for yourself. Live for someone else. Now Dan is going to immediately jump in here. Hold on a second. You made the topic of this class to be, be selfish. You just said that you should live for yourself. Excellent. That's right. But at this point, and we'll see what it means to be selfish. At this point, then we'll have to understand the English versus the Hebrew term. Says Rav Shimon, a person is supposed to live for others. Nothing that I do, nothing that I eat, nothing that I enjoy should be for myself. It should be for other people. Now, to get to such a high level that I don't exist at all is something that's, it's almost, it's virtually impossible. Can we really get there? Says Rab Shimon, says Rab Shimon, listen to this. If a person lives his life for the purpose of other people, my goal is to help other people. Then guess what? When I eat a delicious supper, when I get a geschmacka nap, who is that really benefiting? That's not benefiting me. It's benefiting everyone else. Because if I don't eat supper, if I don't sleep at night, then essentially I'm not going to be available to assist everyone that I live for. My life, it revolves around other people. If my life revolves around other people, so everything that I do, when I go on a vacation to Cancun, that's not for me. That's for you. That's not for us. When we do it for ourselves, but we live for other people, that means that who are we really doing it for? For them. At Cancun, I was never at. I heard it's beautiful. Actually, during the whole COVID thing, the lockdown when schools were not in person at all, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a doctor. He said, actually, I'm in Cancun. My kids are on Zoom school anyways. Zoom works there just as much as it works over here. So he was there. But you could go to Florida too. Or it could be to right? Says Reb Shimon, when a person says, I am living for other people, 
Nothing in life is for himself. No pleasures in life are for himself. However, if a person says, you know what? I have a meal in front of me. I have everything I need, but you know what? I'm going to spend the extra $500 to get the fanciest kind of meal. I'm going to spend the extra $5,000 to get the elaborate and exotic vacation. You know what that's called? That's called in Hebrew, moisris. That's called in Hebrew, in English, extras, luxuries. Who am I doing that for? Am I doing that for you? No, I'm doing that for me. Says the Reb Shimon. The Pasuk says, Kedoshim ti, you be holy. What does it mean, be holy? It means to live for others. Says the Ramban, what should you do? Stay away from extras. Why should I stay away from extras? Because if I do the extras, that means that my enjoyments of life are not for other people, they're for me. And if the enjoyments that I get from life are for myself, that's not Kaddosh. That's called living for myself, not living for other people. Says Reb Shimon. That is how a person is similar to Hashem. Hashem created the world. Does Hashem make the beautiful creation that He created? Does He do it for Himself? No. He's doing it for us. Every beautiful, red, beautiful apple that we pick up and we look at it, we say, who did Hashem do this for? He did it for me because He loves me. He wants to do good for me. That is what our life is supposed to be like Hashem. Meaning, live for others. Kedoshim to you. And that's the similarity. Yes, Hashem, His whole essence is Kedusha. His whole essence is a spirituality that we can't exist to, which was the second question. What? How could we even think to be like Hashem? Hashem's Kedusha is, so, is, is a different reality. Yes, it's a different reality. But in this vein, it's the same. Hashem's existence is for... Not Hashem's existence. The existence of the world that Hashem has put into existence is for others. When we live for others, we're following in His footsteps and we're living a life of Kedusha for other people. That is how we can be Kaddish. That is how we're similar to Hashem. But what do the Medrash say? Yochal Kamayni. You might think that you should be Kaddish and holy like me. What does that mean? Says Reb Shimon, according to the way we're understanding what Kedusha is, that Kedusha is not rolling in the snow. Kedusha is not fasting for five, you know, for, for, for three months straight. Kedusha is living for others. Says the Medrash, says Hashem, Yochal Kamayni, you might think that you should be holy like me, that just like I, Hashem, have no zikh, I have no personal enjoyment, no personal engagement with the physical world. So you might think that a person's obligation to be holy, to live for others, extends so far as to say that you have to take yourself out of the picture. You don't count. There's no me. There's nothing that, uh, there's no I. A person might think 
if they just learn the first part of the Pasuk, Kedoshim Tiyu, be holy like Hashem, be holy, they would think, what is the ultimate? When do I reach? When do I graduate? When do I reach the pinnacle of success of being holy? A person would say, when they take themselves completely out of the picture, and when they're living only for others, says the Torah, no. Ki kadosh ani Hashem I am the only one that's holy. My holiness is greater than yours. I have no zich. I have no personal interest in anything. But you, you Jew people, are supposed to live for yourselves. You count, but you also have to live for others. You know, there's a halacha, actually, it's in Parshas Acharemos. The Pasuk says, V'chai bahem. You shall live with them. And we learn, If two people are in a desert, and there's one liter of water, if they each drink half of the water, they're both going to die. If one of them drinks the whole liter, one of them will survive. Who is supposed to drink it? The person whose water it is, or the other person? And the answer is, Well, according to what we just said, which one should you do? The person whose water it is. That's right. But then we just said, Kedoshim T, you have to live for other people. Says the Torah, no. Kedoshim T, you to a point. Kedoshim T, you that you should live for others. Yochel Kamaini. I might have thought that you should be holy like me, Hashem. And if we were supposed to be holy like Hashem, then we would give the water to the other person because I'm invisible, because I don't count, says the Torah, no, exactly what Dan said. You drink the water, your life comes first. And that's what the Torah said. Will it be difficult to watch someone, Rahman al-Islam, die? You bet your bottom dollar it will. But that's what Hashem wants us to do. It doesn't sound nice, but that's what the Torah says. No, don't be as holy. Don't be as holy as Hashem. In Hashem's world, Hashem's not there. Hashem doesn't have that existence that requires the tipul. But the halacha that I'm supposed to keep the water for myself, that means that I do count. The Pasuk says, You shall love your friend like yourself. You're supposed to love yourself. You do count. You do take up space and you matter. I'm supposed to love the other person like I would love myself. But it's not Kedoshim you to the extent like Hashem's Kedusha. Says Rav Shivanin. Says Rav Shivanin. He proves this even more. Who has a garden over here? Joel, I know, has his gardening thing. He, um, we still have that gardening book that my wife uses and references for her garden. Anyone else have a, a vegetable garden? No one? No one. Unbelievable. We live in St. Louis, guys. It's not New York City. We have grass. You can plant. Anyways, I'm kidding. I don't plant either. I just enjoy the tomatoes and the cucumbers. Anyways, so. Yes. We also have squirrels and deer. That's true. That's right. You <laughs> That's feed them instead. <laughs> they love vegetables, huh? <laughs> That's what gates are for. Mm -hmm. 
You put a few out, it doesn't work, huh? The deer get right in. Yes, yes. Squirrels. Says Rup Shimon. Everything in life is about avas atzmai. Everything is about loving yourself. He says it's amazing to see. There's actually a halacha. The Gemara says, Adam shaloi. A person would rather one measurement, let's just say, uh, you know, a pound of his own, yoiser mitisha kabin more than nine pounds of his friends. If I grew tomatoes in my garden, they have special things, it's mine. And I would rather have one pound of tomatoes that grew in my garden than have nine pounds of tomatoes that grew in your garden. That's what the Gemara says. Okay, it's relevant to various halachas, not relevant for right now. Where does that come from? That comes from the fact that a person loves himself and they're supposed to love yourself, says Rav Shimon. That's what Kadoshim Tiyu was telling us. Ki I have no love for myself, so to speak, but you have to love yourself. Moreover, says Rav Shimon, a person, says Rav Shimon like this, if a person has and was blessed with a lot of wealth, they have a billion dollars, and he believes that everything belongs to Hashem. It's not really his. He has a billion dollars in his bank account, but it doesn't really belong to him. Then in his world, he's really a pauper. He has nothing for himself. What he has doesn't belong to him. His neighbor also has a billion dollars, but his neighbor denies, denies the existence of Hashem or the fact that the money really belongs to Hashem, that means that in his mind, he's very wealthy. Again, if I have a billion dollars, but I believe that it all belongs to Hashem, so I have no, I'm an ani, I'm a poor person because I don't have anything. My neighbor has a billion dollars, he believes that it all belongs to him, not to Hashem. In his mind, he's a great, he's a wealthy person. So in order for him, to feed his understanding and his, and his opinion, so to speak, that he's a wealthy person, he has to constantly and consistently deny Hashem, deny the existence of Hashem. Why? Because the minute he says that Hashem is actually the one who's in control of the money, then he goes in one moment from being a billionaire to being a pauper. And here's the positive that he quotes. I'm going to skip a little bit over here. Hashamayim misaprim kevoid kel. The heavens say, say over and recount the honor of Hashem. Because if a, and if a person, if a person goes from being, from denying Hashem and saying that I am the billionaire, and then he says Hashem is the one, he is noifel, noiflim the yardim lamato. 
they have to say that it's their own. It's only through denying Hashem that they feel that they have anything. Hold on a second. That's when he's a that's when he's a Balgaiva, and that's when he's someone that feels like the money is his. What do we say in Davening? Yismach Moshe b'matnas chelkoi. Moshe should rejoice in the gift of his of his portion. Ki even neman karosaloi, because he was called a trustworthy slave. What kind of simcha does a person have from the wealth that he has? What kind of simcha does a person have from the knowledge that he has? Only with understanding that it's all coming from Hashem. Because if I don't recognize that I'm an Evan Nema, that I'm an Evan to Hashem, then the only way out is to have the kfiro. So how do I have both? Which one should, which one am I? Do I have the do I have the kfiro? that I'm denying, so to speak, Hashem, and He's the one who I'm getting it from? Or is it really from myself? And how does this relate to the Kedusha that we're saying? Says Reb Shimon, it looks like the love that I have for you and the love that I have for myself, which we're going to fit in to the wealth coming from myself or the wealth coming from Hashem, that they should be contradictory. Either I love myself or I love you. I can't have both. Says Reb Shimon, no, actually, the love that I have for you, and the love, before we go into this part, let's just wrap, let's just um, summarize for a minute, and then we'll, 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 cl we'll close this portion of Reb Shimon. <clears throat> His, the the Pasuk said, Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy. The Medrash says, we shall be holy just like Hashem is holy. You might think that you should be holy, we should be holy like Hashem is holy. The Pasuk teaches us, no, Ki Hashem for I, Hashem, am holy. My holiness is greater than yours. He asked two questions. Question number one, how, and, and he explained with the Ramban that the Kedusha is, the Kedusha is being, um, being be, um, not overindulging, and the reason why I shouldn't overindulge is because when I live for other people, anything I do is considered living a sanctified life because it's for the other people. When I overindulge, then essentially I'm the one benefiting and I'm not living for other people. But the problem and the questions that he was addressing was, how can we even think, how could we say, maybe we should be holy like Hashem. Hashem's holiness is a whole different reality. And the way he was answering that was that the holiness that we're talking about Hashem is not the fire or smoke holiness. It's a holiness of living for others, of not having a zikh, of not having yourself. <clears throat> and then the Pasuk tells us, you might think that you should, we should be holy like Hashem who has no zikh. And the ultimate is to live as if we're invisible without needs I Hashem am holy. I have no zikh. I have no self-interest. But you have to live for yourself. As we saw the chayecha that your life comes first. That means you're supposed to love yourself. 
the nine kav that someone else is going to give me is not valuable relative to the one kav that I myself had. I have an ahavas hatzmai. And the ahavas hatzmai also what propels me with the love for my wealth. But says Reb Shimon, these two things, to live for others and to love yourself and keep yourself in the picture are actually not contradictory. They go hand in hand beautifully. How so? How so, says Reb Shimon, like this? <clears throat> How do you say I in Hebrew? Ani. Ani. I. You know, my Rebbe always used to tell us, when a child is born, they're born like this. Linda, they're born with their fists clenched, correct? You correct. see it in NICU, right? You see it? See, that's yep. how they, that's how they're, especially in the beginning, they're still, that's why the kids are always grabbing the fingers. That's why they like that. Mm -hmm. They're born with their fists clenched. Linda, when you're doing your, your holy work of Taurus and burgers, wherever <laughs> you do it, what do you make sure that the hands are? That they're straight. That they're that they're straight open. And they're okay. the only the hands are the only part of the body that is not covered with tachrikim. Right. That's correct. That's right. A person's hands are what they accomplish in the world. A person's right. hands before they're if they're buried, the chavrakadisha make sure their hands are open. A person enters the world thinking the world is mine. And they leave the world with their hands open. I don't have anything. I'm not taking anything with me. But more than that, a person enters the world thinking, I count. I'm the only one that matters. I have a dirty diaper. Change me. I need to eat. I'll wake you up in the middle of the night. I'm just not comfortable. So wake up and make me comfortable. They live with their fists <laughs> clenched tight. They're the only thing that matters. Their ani is very, very, very local. The ani, the I, is only about themselves. As a person gets older, their ani expands. Their I expands. It expands to their close relatives. As a person gets older, their I expands maybe to their community. As a person gets even older and more mature, their I can expand beyond that. Their eye can expand and expand and expand. A person, says Rav Shimon, is living for himself. He's being selfish and he should be selfish. Because your life comes first. You know what the Torah is telling us? Be holy like Hashem. And so to speak, forget yourself. Says the Torah, don't be forgetting yourself. Don't take yourself out of the picture. Like Hashem is holy and has no self-interest. No. Make your self-interests of what matters to me and what I want to include more and more and more. You are me. And when I have concerns, what I'm saying is not me, myself, and I, Yaakov Berkowitz, have concerns. When I have concerns, they're concerns that are your concerns. What matters to you and what bothers you bothers me. 
You're part of me. I'm part of you. That's the goal. Listen to what he says. The Mishnah says in Pirkei Avais, in Ethics of the Fathers, it says, Hillel used to say, Im ein ani li, me li. If I am not for myself, then who will be for me? But if I'm all about myself, then what am I worth? Now I'm going to say that Mishnah again using Reb Shimon's beautiful words and explanation. Listen carefully. If my ani, which means I, if my I, if my I is not for me, then me li. Who's going to worry about me? That's like Hashem. That's like living without existence. There's no self. There's nothing there. Me li. Who's going to worry about me? Says Hillel. But if the ani that I have, li'atzmi is only for me, mo ani. Then what is that ani worth? In ain ani li mili. If the ani, which means me, I, if not, if I'm not for myself, then who's going to be for me? But says Hillel, ukeshani laatzmi. If that ani that I have is only for me, ukeshani laatzmi. If the ani is only for me, mo ani. Then what is that ani worth? I'm living as an individual. The the godless and what we're supposed to do is make my ani great. You go to people, you people, someone came to visit the Chafetz Chaim and the Chafetz Chaim was bawling in another room. So the guest said, what happened? He said this, you know, there's someone, someone came, there was a woman that's in labor and she's in real danger. He said, is it, is it his daughter? No. His granddaughter? No. Who is it? We don't know. Somebody. And the Chafetz Chaim is crying like it's his own child because he felt the Ani. It's me. You're me just like, we're all part of it together. You know that famous story? <coughs> famous story of the Mendel Bayless trial in Russia. I don't know exactly what year it was. I believe in the 19-teens. I believe that's when this took place. Mendel Bayless was accused of murdering a a, a non-Jewish child for the Matzis, and he was put on trial, and the chief rabbi of Moscow at the time was a man by the name of, I believe his first name was Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Mazo. He actually has a famous grandson. Who could guess what his grandson's name is? I'm not sure if he wants to be associated, whatever. But anyways, who's his grandson's name? Who's that? No one wants to take a guess. Mazo, anglicize the name. He's a famous person. I don't know if he's on television. I don't even know if he's still alive. Okay, I'll give you a hint. His first name was Yaakov, although he didn't go by Yaakov in the media. Hmm. Jackie Mason. Jackie oh. Mason. Maza Mason Maza. A friend of mine, Akiva Feldman, is actually married to Jackie Mason's great niece. Also Maza, that's the name, yes. Um, we went to the synagogue where Jackie Mason's uh, brother was the rabbi in, in, in Long Island. 
Yes. We live, wow. We live wow. two doors from. Uh, oh, that's amazing. And so uh, there were, I think there were some occasions that we actually saw him. Saw him. His, yes, I his still son, married. What was that? Huh? Nothing. He, and he still married me. <laughs> says, says so the judge the judge said to Jack to, to, to Rav Yaakov Mazo the chief rabbi over there I guess in the discussions they were talking about that we don't kill and this and that they said but you know what in the Jewish Talmud it says that non-Jews are not uh, they're not considered humans he said what do you mean he said, well, it says, Atem Kriyam Adam, you're called man, and the non-Jews are not called man. So, so why wouldn't he have any qualms about killing this child? So Rabbi Yaakov Mazo, the chief rabbi, said to him, he says, you're reading it like a, you're reading it like a Turk. That's not what the Gemara is saying. <laughs> says Rabbi Yaakov Mazo, there was a tragedy, a person, a young person died in Paris last week. Did you hear about it? He says, no. Says, well, I heard about it. Not only did I hear about it, I contributed money to help his wife and children. There was some a tragedy in, in, in New York. There was someone that needed some help, a transplant, a kidney transplant. Did you hear about that? I don't know if he said kidney transplant, but he was giving different examples. No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I know. But my cousin is giving his kidney. When it says Atem Kruyim Adam, what it's saying is you Yisrael, are one body. Non-Jews are not called, they're not, it's not that they're not Adam, they're just not unified as one body. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Kalal Yisrael, we're one body. When, my, when my, my right hand hurts, my left hand doesn't come and attack my right hand. If I scratch myself, we're one unit. We're one unit, says Rabbi Yaakov Maza. Atem Kriyim Adam, you are one entity. That's what the Gemara means. And my entire, that's what Rav Shimon is saying. That's what Hashem is telling us. Be holy and live for others. How so? Just like Hashem is only giving to others. But we shan't be like Hashem. Our mitzvah to be holy is not to take ourselves out of the picture. It's to expand ourselves to include everyone else. Love my fellow Jew like myself is saying, you are me. We're part of one picture. We're part of one body. We're part of one unit. And what matters to you matters to me, not because I care about you. It's because I care about me and you are me. So if it bothers you, if something hurts you, it hurts me just the same. That's the mitzvah of Kedoshim to you. It's not to live for others. It's to live for ourselves. But when we think of ourselves, we're not thinking me, myself, and I. We're thinking Kalal Yisrael. We're thinking every single We have all these boxes on the screen. That's all one big hug. It's all part of us. We feel each other and we, we want and we care about the same nuances. You know what they say, that someone's, someone's splinter Someone's personal splinter is more hurtful to a person, bothers a person more than someone else's Rahmanul Atzlan dealing with a chronic illness. Rahmanul Atzlan, God forbid. Of course not. It's the opposite. The splinter is my splinter. It's the same. It's, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. 
I feel it in my bones because of we're part of that one unit. That's the mitzvah of Kedoshim to you. When we read, be holy, not holy to take ourselves out. No, be holy like we discussed Avram Avinu. When he had guests, he served them the, 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 the mustard encrusted uh, tongue of, of, of uh, calf. Why? Because he cared. Did he care for the mustard? No, but he cared. He felt, we, I, I care for myself and you're part of me. That's what Kadoshim Tiyu is. I used up all of our time, but I think this is something which is so phenomenal and foundational because it's, it's the opposite of what we hear. The, we hear to live for others, but the reality is we have to live for ourselves. We have to just bring everyone into ourselves and feel like we're all part of it together. I break with. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry if you read the text message I sent to. Um, I, I'm sorry, I didn't.